0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Shreds Takes. I'm Mike Shredder. And once again, I got my NBA analyst, Austin Lee. Uh, for people who have not watched him before, he is an Amherst swimmer. Um, he's from New Jersey. Uh, went to Bergen Catholic High School for the New Jersey followers that follow this podcast. You know, obviously, if you know sports, Bergen Catholic is, you know, one of the better academic and athletic uh, high schools. Um, and also, you know, look, he goes to Amherst as well. So, uh, that, that's where the uh, the friendships, you know, has, has begun, but it's been a lot of fun having him on. Uh, we got a lot of topics to talk about. So Austin, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Uh, thank you for having me again, Mike. I, I like the uh, the introduction, you know, leaving nothing
0: behind. So <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, jumping right into it, right? Denver Nuggets, right? We So you and I have discussed this early in the process, kind of how we look at the Denver Nuggets, You know they they have Michael Porter Jr. who we'll talk about you know the our awards later on the show, but Michael Porter Jr. you know Jamal Murray's hurt right now, but they got guys like Millsap and Aaron Gordon. But the you know the big the big piece for them has been, in my opinion, the MVP of the week, and I don't really see how you can can argue anyone else uh, in the fact of Nikola Jokic. Right, everyone wants to argue Joel Embiid or Chris Paul, but. You know, what, you know, Jokic is doing is unprecedented, right? But let's talk about the Nuggets in terms of the playoff um, battle, the playoff kind of coming up, right? So the playoffs are going to be big for them, right? I think they have a chance to contend. The big problem for me is then when they get into those big series, right, they're playing without a second legit star. I think Jokic is good enough to get them over the hump against a team like Dallas in the first round. And even if they play Utah, like, I'd I probably take Utah in that series, but I think it would be a decent series. Um, but, it, you know, tell me what you think about the Nuggets. Do you think that Michael Porter Jr. can be good enough to be that second star to a guy like Jokic? And what do you see about them being in the playoffs?
1: Yeah, um, just a quick question. I mean, do you know anything about Jamal Murray's timeline, uh, injury timeline?
0: Well, he's a torn ACL. So I'm assuming that's uh, okay, going out. Okay, out yeah, yeah, yeah. to be, you know, six to eight months from when he yeah, yeah. was back in April. Yeah. Okay. So
1: I, I, okay. I didn't know his injury was that serious. Um, with the little information I knew before this, I was thinking, you know, he would come back and they'll be able to make a run, but hearing this now, you know, he, him being out for six to eight more months, um, I do believe Michael Porter Jr. did step into that role very well. Uh, we, I think there were numbers that we saw that where his, in terms of like touches and production, everything's just doubled. Shots taken, shots made, everything is just doubled in terms of production. And most of that is partly in due with, you know, the second co-star of that team being out and him moving into that, from that third to second position and filling in for him. Uh, but at the same time, I just think like him and, Jokic together in terms of like the pick and rolls and also just like Michael Porter Jr. as a kind of like a slasher and kind of a cutter to the basket I think he's very underrated and I think just him as a as a player I think he's his third year now right Michael Porter Jr. Um, I just think he's very underrated and you know we saw that after Jamal Murray went out I think Michael Porter Jr.'s numbers were like 25 points per game something like that and um, I think the team is, like, in their in their last 10 games before they lost to the Lakers, I think, or sometime last week, maybe. They're, like, 9-1 without Jamal Murray. Um, and, I, I mean, I like, like you said, I think it just goes to show that Nikola Jokic is the MVP this year. Um, even without their second-best player, he and, with Michael Porter Jr. and the addition of the other role players on the team, um, have been able to kind of keep the Nuggets afloat. And I guess we've seen that, you know, in terms of, like, the Lakers if LeBron were doing the same thing, we would be definitely be considering him as MVP. And so I think looking at Jokic in this vein, it's like, especially with Jamal Murray's injury and the fact that they've been able to sustain continuous winning, um, I think it's just 100% evident that he should be the most valuable player this year.
0: Yeah, so now let's shift over to another team that's, so look, the Knicks, in my opinion, I'm a Knicks fan. So the Knicks have been the the biggest surprise in the NBA this year. I would say right behind them has been the Phoenix Suns, right? Because I think the Phoenix Suns, I think they were trending obviously, in the right direction. People knew they were going to be a good team this year with the acquisition of Chris Paul. But them being right now in position to possibly get the number one seed in the Western Conference, I don't think people necessarily saw that happening. So I credit that more to Chris Paul than Monty Williams. I think Monty Williams is a very good coach, but I think wherever Chris Paul goes, the team instantly becomes a better team, and a team that can contend the playoffs. Not necessarily win a, a championship, but a team that can contend, right? A team that's going to be a high seed. So in terms of playoff legitimacy, I think that well, right now the Lakers are the seventh seed, right? The Lakers got that and are fully healthy. I think Phoenix probably will not beat them in the first round. But the way the Lakers have looked recently, I think Phoenix can totally give a lot of these teams a tough out because I think Phoenix has good continuity. They have two stars who can, you can go to the and, and, You and know, they can get bucket for you. I think they have their defense is dramatically improved, right? They're top six right now in defensive efficiency and top six in offensive efficiency. I want to ask you though, what you think about the Phoenix Suns? Do you think they're a legitimate team or do you think that this is kind of a, okay, you guys had a great regular season. It's kind of like a blip and they're not going to really do a whole ton in the postseason.
1: Yeah. I mean, right, real quick, just shout out New York, you know, New York Knicks kind of they're doing well this year. Um, But going back to your point on the uh, not Brooklyn uh, on the Phoenix Suns, um, I do think I kind of have a different perspective in the sense that like I think this is going to be continuous. I think this is going to be sustained. Uh, I feel like Devin Booker. I mean, he's only like what 24, 25. He's like a very, very young young star in the league, and getting getting the acquisition of Chris Paul um, and bringing him into that kind of like mentor, experienced role. Even though you know when we think about like, oh, this guy's going to come in and be like the veteran leadership on the team, we think of maybe like players on veteran minimum contracts and kind of just bringing more of like a mentorship kind of aspect to the team. But I think Chris Paul's different in the sense that he's not just doing that. He's being an all-star. He's leading this team as the point guard of the team. Um, And kind of just, I feel like not even just like bringing Devin Booker along on the ride, but kind of like fostering him and, and mentoring him and and you know together they progress together in that sense and especially with Monty Williams I think Monty Williams because I think Mon- Monty Williams was a player correct he was a player in the NBA and I don't don't quote me on this but I think he played with Chris Paul at some point and so I think there's like that kind of he coached Chris Paul coached Chris Paul that's what it was sorry coached Chris Paul at some point and so I think there's the kind of like that respect between the two, you know, the sort of like the same relationship in the sense of like Ty Lue and LeBron, you know um, I think Monty Williams understands that Chris Paul knows what he's doing and has the experience to lead the team. But at the same time, I think Chris Paul also understands that, you know, Monty Williams is the coach and, you know, at the end of the day, it's the coach's word over everything. And so I think they have that kind of relationship where no kind of boundaries are crossed. And I think that is what's going to take them, you know, to that next level. I think we saw that in LeBron and AD last year when they kind of had that symbiotic relationship where, you know, they were both very competitive with each other. But besides that, off the court, you know, they're like really good friends. And I think having that um, dual model of like that relationship, you know, with the on-court aspect and the off-court aspect, I think the Suns have that. And I think that's very important in terms of um, getting a team to the
0: So I look at the Western Conference as pretty wide open right now because the Lakers aren't entirely healthy, right? When healthy, people think they're legit. But besides last night for Anthony Davis, obviously, you know, he has not been great. And LeBron's been, you know, dealing with health issues. But another team people are looking at and saying, okay, this team's going to definitely win the NBA championship is out east the Brooklyn Nets, Right. And I'm in the minority in that opinion. Um, And the reason why is I have major concerns about Brooklyn because I think that you need chemistry to win. And I think if you just ask Katie and Kyrie to go win a championship for you, based on how they played this season together, I would highly say that's not going to happen. I think James Harden needs to come back. I think he needs to be fully healthy. But even then, my concerns are they don't play any defense. They're 25th in defensive efficiency. They don't really have any size. So if they play against... Joel Embiid or like a Giannis Antetokounmpo even though I, I think Giannis is easier to guard than Joel Embiid at this point. Um, they're going to they have they, struggled against both. I mean Giannis averages 40 points a game against Brooklyn and I think Joel averages around 30. So my my thing is that you know Brooklyn's just kind of like a, you know let, let's just outscore everyone and I I just think that you know not taking care of the regular season and not caring about it and having a little bit of the fact that big three's only played sorry. Big three's only played 7 games together. I, I look at Brooklyn and I say, okay, they're a team that definitely should be in the amongst the favorites, but I don't think it's like a definite thing they're coming out of the Eastern Conference and definitely winning an NBA championship because there are concerns with that team. And you can't just, you know, turn it on the postseason, I think, if you don't have the chemistry built to just like get it done. Yeah. Um, you know, I just kind of want to preface by obviously
1: saying the retirement of Le- the sudden, abrupt retirement of Lamarcus Aldridge um, is sad, and um, I definitely think that kind of negatively affected the team.
0: Hundred percent agree.
1: Um, you know, I, I especially in like you know, I think he only played like two, three games with them, um, and in the in that in those flashes, you know, he was doing well. Uh, and so it's very unfortunate that he had to, you know, finish his career the way he did. But at the same time. Uh, I think you know. In terms of the Brooklyn Nets, you did bring up the point of the fact that chemistry, and I do obviously team chemistry is a very very important factor, and especially in the playoffs, I feel like defense, defense is very important. And um, I mean we've been quoted saying, I'm mean, not not us, but everyone has been quoted saying the entire past year that Brooklyn, you know, Brooke, we all know Brooklyn defense is just abysmal. Uh, and I mean it's evident the fact that Joel and and Giannis are scoring thirty. Plus points per game on average on these guys is because they don't play defense, and part of that is due because of the fact that you know they don't have a big man like you were saying, and they don't have someone to shut down kind of like this Giannis, this Joel Embiid character, and um, and even when you d- shut those guys down, there's just so many other threats on those teams specifically, like you know uh, in, Philly, in terms of Philly and uh, Milwaukee, that I just yeah I don't know I don't see them going too far. Um, the one thing for me is that at the end of the day with no matter how much we kind of, you know, criticize them for everything and, you know, James Harden, criticize James Harden for not even being in the games, like that is still 43 and 24 when and they already clinched their playoff spot at the end of the day. Right. And so I do also think that that's a factor we to take into account. I'm on, I'm with you. I don't, I, I'm not like the biggest advocate of Brooklyn winning the championship or anything like that. Um, but at the same time, I still do think we have to look at, you know, each individual's greatness on that team in a sense. Uh, like, I don't think we should ever be discrediting that. And the fact that those three have so much experience in those situations that that alone might be able to kind of just carry them to the finals and championship. If you know what I mean? Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Before we get into our next topic, I just wanted to talk about a little something. So like my criticism with Brooklyn is not really anything because like some people criticize their off the court stuff, you know, that's different. I mean, you, you know, I, I, I'm not, you know, like I look for more from a basketball standpoint on it. And my, the issue is I just never seen any good team get to, to win a championship without playing legitimate defense. Right. When KD was with the, the Warriors, right. They build a good chemistry and they played excellent defense. And in Brooklyn, all they just do is go isolation offense the last couple of games. Right. What I like, I think if they have Harden, right. I mean, I might have to change the opinion a little bit based on how they play in the postseason. Cause Harden gets guys better. He gets guys involved. I'm not saying he's better than Kevin Durant because he's not. But Kevin Durant, the, one, the only real weakness the guy has is that he's not like a facilitator. His mindset is, is I'm going to defend really well. I'm going to get you rebounds, and I'm going to score like no one else has ever scored. And Kyrie's kind of that similar mindset. He's like, I'm just going to score 30 points. The problem is the last four games they've lost, it's just been, okay, let's just go isolation the entire game while the teams they're playing are moving the ball. Like the Bucs, for example, are moving the ball, and Giannis is not just staying at the top of the key and going one on five, which actually has been interesting. I just want to see, like, you know, again, um, I'm with you on that, but, you know, I I just think that that there is a little bit – there are concerns more with this team, and I I think that people are just not really pointing them out, and that's just kind of my problem there.
1: No, 100%. 100%. Defense – Defense wins championships. Everyone always says that. Um, and looking back on even Kevin Durant's like, you know, previous Warriors runs, they played excellent defense. Clay Thompson is an all-defensive player. Draymond Green's a defensive player of the year. Um, uh, is is not bad himself. You know, maybe the only liability you can even say is Steph Curry, and he's still pretty good at defense on the perimeter, at least. Um, and so You know, and and, and the aspect of, you know, like you were saying, the team basketball, the ball was always moving on that Golden State team. You know, whether it's from one corner, it'll get to the other side of the corner in seconds. Uh, But in terms of Brooklyn's case, you're right. They, I I feel like besides James Harden, obviously, I think people take for granted James Harden's excellence as a point guard, as a distributor. Um, And I think he just completely just showed it off uh, when he came to Brooklyn. I mean, he's averaging, I think, you know, obviously the 30-ish games he played. But nonetheless, I think he's averaging 11 assists in those 30-ish games and 23, 24 points, you know, definitely a little bit under his usual production levels. But in terms of distribution and playmaking, it's definitely upped a little bit. And, you know, we've seen James Harden being that guy that's led teams with assists. I mean, he's had seasons where he's had nine assists on Houston and stuff like that, in addition to 30 points. But, but on Brooklyn with those All-Stars, um, I just feel like, he's able to kind of fit that point guard role more and Kyrie's able to kind of move into the two, essentially, you know what I mean? Uh, And instead of having Kyrie be that playmaking distributor where I feel like he's more of a scorer, I think we move James Harden, who I still think is a scorer, but just has better facilitation skills maybe than Kyrie. Uh, And so moving James Harden into that one, having Kyrie at that two more of that scorer seat, and then, you know, KD just doing KD things, I think that alone in, with the addition of, you know, Blake Griffin off the bench and um, Bruce Brown playing his role well and Claxton and, and Shamit and all those guys, all those role players, um, you know, playing their role well. I think if they do everything, if they execute everything well enough, I think it's enough to get them that far. It's just a matter of, you know, who they're going to be versing in the finals and the kind of route they're going to need to take to reach the finals. Cause I think this year more than ever, um, has just been the most competitive it it, for me, like anyone can win the finals this year. I, you know, I'm still going to roll with my, with my LeBron and my Lakers, uh, you know, but those health, those health issues are very concerning to me. And if, you know, things don't work out, then, you know, it's, it's anyone's
0: game uh, literally. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the Lakers, right. They lost last night, even though Anthony Davis played very well. Right. So and look, I, I think people saw them going into the, the play-in type scenario. So I'll, I'll give this brief, right? When the play-in idea was brought up originally, I was not a fan of it because I don't, I don't think the 7th seed and the 8th seed are just you know easy gimmies to get. And I think you're also rewarding teams, especially in the Eastern Conference, like the Wizards and the Pacers. Who, and look, by the way, the Wizards are playing excellent basketball now. But I'm saying that you're rewarding those teams who have bad you know records and saying, oh, you guys can be the 8th seed in the Eastern Conference – and you're also saying to an eighth seed saying, oh, yeah, you guys could be the seventh seed. I think I think it was eight, nine and ten. I would, I would be a little more favorable. Of it. that being said, though, hearing these complaints now, I'm like, it's the reality that unfortunately the play is there. So you guys kind of have to figure out a way to avoid that. And just, you know, if you're LeBron James, if you're Luka Doncic, you complained about before. Right. Luka's got a team to the fifth spot in the Western Conference and he hasn't had Porzingis for a long time. Right. And now, you know, you hear these comments, obviously, by LeBron. And the thing is, like, no one's going to feel sympathy for a guy like LeBron because everyone's looking to criticize the guy, right? Everyone's looking to be in a situation. With that being said, the Lakers are in that playing spot, right? Which everyone's in full panic mode about that, right? And I'm not because I think, I think that the Warriors, for example, have played abysmal against the Lakers this year. The Lakers have just blown them out every time they played. And if LeBron's healthy enough when they play and he's like 80%, they're going to win that game. And I think if LeBron, I don't think LeBron will ever be fully 100% this year. I think he won't. He said that himself. So I think that even if they're the seventh spot, I think Phoenix would be in real trouble in that first round if they have at least LeBron playing at like 90% of what he is, or even 85 and Anthony Davis being better like he was last night. So with all that being said, tell me your thoughts about the Lakers. And, you know, are they going to stay in this playing spot? If they are, do you see them, you know, falling even lower, or do you see them saying that seventh spot? and saying, okay, you're going to play Phoenix in the first round?
1: Yeah, I mean, mean, um, you know, it's – for the Lakers, I feel like it's very hard, you know, looking at the record. I mean, they're 2-8 and in the last 10 games, Um, even with the addition – even with the return of Anthony Davis, you know, they still haven't been too good. And I honestly – like, I watched the game the other day, and I completely forgot they had Andre Drummond on the team, you know. Um, And and so – that is honestly a little concerning, in my opinion. The fact that Andre Drummond is an all-star level center and the fact that we haven't heard any news about him since, even good or bad, I think being irrelevant, in my opinion, is the worst. So um, it's it's tough. Um, you know, I think that they're in the seventh seed right now. So who would they – if the play-ins started today, would they be versus the Warriors today? Is that how it is? Is it seven, eight, and then nine versus ten?
0: Yeah, so they would okay. play the Warriors, and then Memphis would play San Antonio. No, San
1: Antonio. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, honestly, if I'm being really honest, I'd be kind of scared for the Lakers in in a, in a one game elimination um, against the Warriors just because of the fact that I'm I, I don't want to discredit Steph Curry playing divine level basketball this year. Um, you know, I think he's just putting up MVP like numbers. Obviously, the team team's record is not reflecting that, but. You know, his numbers, his stats and numbers show that. And oh, I agree with you. If LeBron is, you know, even 75% healthy, 80, 80% healthy, and then they just have the rest of their guys, I, I, I see them having no problem against Golden State. But at the same time, I feel like Steph Curry can drop 80 in that kind of a game. Uh, you know, when the when the when the stakes are when the stakes are high and you know, everything is kind of just on the line in that sense, especially when the Warriors decided not to tank this year. And decide to actually try and go for the playoff picture. Um, at this point, I feel like they just got to go all out. And Steph Curry is the kind of guy that's going to drop sixty points for a team if they need him to drop sixty points for that team. And so, I'm a little, I'm a little scared. Uh, so, you know, if the plan starting today, I would not be in the most positive moods. But at the same time, with your point, uh, counting for your point. If LeBron and AD are, you know, 75, 80% healthy, they come back together. They're still the greatest duo in the league, in my opinion. And if they're, you know, if their health doesn't falter during the playoffs and maybe even gets better, then I see them having no problem making it to the finals, in my opinion, just because that team is better than last year and they won it so easily last year. But, you know, injuries are definitely a concern and we definitely need to be looking out for those in the next coming weeks.
0: Let's shift over to rookies, right? Anthony Edwards the Minnesota Timberwolves are obviously terrible, right? They, they, they just don't play any defense and they just haven't been very good. They play a little bit better under the new head coach, but they're just, they're not very good. Um, but he's played really well, right? He had 42 in a recent game against Memphis. And I don't know how many points he had last night off the top of my head, but he, he's been playing a lot better basketball recently. Right. And I know we talked about earlier about people doubting him. Right. I think now you have to look in and say, this guy's going to be a legitimate talent in the NBA. Right. And, I think he always had the potential, but now he's being more efficient. Now he's showing more of his skill set, And I think that the problem with them is always with Minnesota has always been, they don't really play any sort of defense or even want to, you know, try on that level le- at that level. Right. And I mean, they lie like 120 something points to Miami and Miami is a, you know, bottom 10 offense in the NBA this year. So I, I, I think Anthony Edwards is great, but it's going to take a long time to get that team to a winning mode unless, Towns and Edwards start playing more legitimate defense and getting the guys to buy into that. But your thoughts on Anthony Edwards?
1: Yeah, um, I'm, I'm really not the biggest Minnesota fan. Um, one of the captains on our team is actually from Minnesota, and he's a, he's a really big Timberwolves fan. We always make that joke. Uh, but, you know, Anthony Edwards, I mean, I'm not going to discredit the fact that he's been playing lights-out basketball. Uh, in terms of him being rookie of the year, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not the biggest Anthony Edwards fan just because I do think team record should reflect a little bit, even though, you know, you're never going to put that on a rookie. Um, I think it's evident that Lamelo ball coming into Charlotte compared to Anthony Edwards coming into Minnesota has definitely made an impact in terms of Charlotte and not so much of an impact in terms of Minnesota. Um, and so that's kind of my reasoning for Lamelo being rookie of the year. You know, he's just baller. He's come back and he's still doing well. That's my reason. Uh, but, regardless of that point, Anthony Edwards, is still a beast. He's the number two guy. He's, he's, it's LaMelo 1A, you know, Anthony Edwards 1B in terms of rookie of the year, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, just looking at his past couple games, he's been averaging, I mean, the regular season has been averaging 19 points, which is very, very good in my opinion for rookie. It, my only concern with Anthony Edwards and I think something that we should be faulting him for is his very, very, very inefficient shooting. Um, I mean, like, just just taking, for example, on May 1st, they first the Pelicans, and Anthony Edwards went two for seven from three with 29 points, you know, given, you know, 30 points is amazing, but two for seven from three uh, as a, you know, primary scoring playmaker. And then the next game, he goes against the Grizzlies, has 42 points, he goes eight for nine. Then the game after gets 25 and goes two for nine. That's just something... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, besides the attempts being consistent, you know, the shots made, is not, it's not there. And I just think he needs to be able to bridge that gap. I'm not saying he needs to go out and make eight three-pointers a night like a Steph Curry would, but it would be real nice to be kind of, you know, found that medium between eight threes and two threes uh, and just trying to be able to consistently hit maybe four to five every night. You know, it may, that might be a stretch, but at the same time, like, I feel like, you know, if you're taking 17, or not, my bad not 17, 10 attempts, nine to 10 attempts. I feel like making yeah. 40, like, you know, very much on the higher spectrum of good shooting. But at the same time, like, if you want to be a good player in this league, you need to be able to shoot 40% from three, you
0: know? Well, not necessarily, but- Not necessarily 40, joy. Not that's that's definitely on the, you know, higher end, on what the I'm higher I'm saying end, if you look but, at Zion you know. and Giannis, they shoot terrible percentages from three and, you know, they're good players. <laughs> but, agree, but, 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 but your point still stands for a good guard, you know, makes sense. And I'm with you. Um, But I I was thinking about we should revisit our preseason awards that we went over, right? So to recap it, we had the NBA MVP being Luka Doncic, right? And then we had most improved. I had Trey Young, you had Michael Porter Jr. And I don't know if we got... I mean, I know champion-wise... Oh, I think the Eastern Conference, I think I had Miami originally coming out. That doesn't look like it's going to happen anymore. Um, And I think you had... Brooklyn if I'm if I'm recalling that correctly and then yeah so basically and I'll go first in terms of mine, right Trey Young's had a good year right he's been more efficient since they got Nate McMillan as head coach and the Hawks are going to be the fifth seed probably in the east them or the Knicks probably in that situation but I think that the most improved player is Julius Randle. I, I don't think it's close um, I think Julius Randall has shocked me about how well he's played he's become a guy, as at least as a Knicks fan, he's become a really favorable player. I mean, I've always liked him because I think his attitude was always great. But the fact that, like, you know, he's now being a leader, he's doing more things than just scoring is good. And then in terms of MVP, look, Lucas played really well ever since that little kind of, you know, didn't really, he didn't really start out well because he was out of shape. But Jokic has clearly been the MVP. Um, you could say Lucas in the conversation because the Mavericks are better in terms of seating this year than they were last year. But and I think everyone predicted Luca would get the MVP, but there's it's not a slight on him. It's just that like Yogi just had an unreal year. And obviously my predictions in terms of the Eastern conference didn't go, you know, as well as I would like, but, you know, Miami still has a chance to, you know, make things really interesting in the playoffs, but I don't really think that it depends who they match up with, right. If they match up with, with Brooklyn. I actually think they could give Brooklyn a good series because they play great defense, but, you know, I hope they do really well because it'll make me look good, but that's kind of the way I look at it. So you had Doncic, Michael Porter Jr., and then we then you kind of went through those, those predictions. But talk about your NBA awards. You know, you have. You know, has everything really shocked you? I mean, Michael Porter Jr. Has had a good year, so you know, talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I just wanted to start off real quick by saying, uh, in terms of MVP, uh, you know, we both predicted Luka Doncic as our MVP, but uh, you know, I think Jokic is going to win it but i don't think we should discount to what joel embiid has done this year as well uh, you know before this year i was not the biggest joel embiid fan but i've definitely converted since um, i think you know he's just he's just phenomenal i mean a phenomenal you know 20, 29.2 points and 10.8 rebounds is not it, 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 it's it's an, it's an amazing feat and the fact that he's able to do it while winning and leading philly um, especially with all the changes they made last year um, kind of leading philly as their star guy, especially barring injury too, you know, being able to come back and do what he's able to do. And also on your Miami point, I just wanted to say like, you know, Jimmy Butler has also been doing really well recently. And I do think if they go in against Brooklyn, you know, th- that could be a real fun series to watch just because of the, the experience and the, the guts that Jimmy Butler brings to the table. But going back to your original point, Michael Porter Jr. Most improved player. Um, you know, if this is the type of production we were going to see in the beginning of the year, I would agree with you 100%. Um, like, I mean, uh, I would agree that that would be the most approved player this season, but um, I, I'm, I'm with you, Julius Randle, 100% of the way. Uh, in terms of my experience with Julius Randle, my brother's a very, very large Knicks fan, and he's always just told me things about, like, oh, you know, we what we saw with Julius Randle in New Orleans before you came to New York you know, it just never came into fruition until now, obviously. And um, he was just saying, you know, the past couple of years, Julius Randle has kind of just not done anything for New York. And the fact that this year they've come out, they didn't get any stars or anything like that. Um, you know, the only noticeable signing, in my opinion, is like Nerlens Noel and like D Rose, you know? <laughs> um, and the fact that they're, you know, they're the fourth team in the East. And we're having conversations here about who the best team in New York is right now. And, and so... I think just the things that uh, Julius Randall has done. Also, I want to say, you know, Tom, Tom Thibodeau, I also think is my he's my coach of the year. It's him or Monty Williams, in my opinion, just because of what he's done for New York at the same time. That's my reasoning.
0: Um, I appreciate I'm not minority on that opinion. Thibodeau's definitely coach
1: of the year, <laughs> but go ahead. Uh, I mean, I was just going to say, you know, this stuff he does and brings the defense, I mean, the Knicks are defensively really, really good team. And, you know, there's no names on there like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, DPOY-level candidates that we see, and there's still... I think they were a team that was top 10 in both. I could be wrong, but I know they're very much so up there in terms of defense at least. Um, And so just what Thibodeau has done for them, I think he deserves coach of the year because of those. Julius Randle is my most improved player. Uh, My most valuable player is still Jokic, but I do think Embiid should get respect for what he's done this season. And then um, am I missing anything else? Champion. Champion. lakers from the out of the west in my opinion still um i'm just gonna roll with lebron i don't think anyone should ever doubt lebron because of anytime we do he just proves us wrong so you know lebron um i'm just gonna ride with him and to, in the east i have i would have you know honestly probably brooklyn just because i feel like their their skills those three individual skills alone can just carry them to an nba finals uh but if it's not Brooklyn, and we're not going to go with our niche picks here, I honestly sleeper sleeper pick. When, Milwaukee's not considered a sleeper, right? Like,
0: I mean, yeah, they had no, no one's talking about them, but I think more people. That's what about I was going to
1: say. I, I was going to say I feel like no
0: one's really talking about them. It's because that their people, past postseason like success, though. Exactly, I was
1: going to say people have that like perspective and stigma that Giannis won't make it far anyway, and so now I feel like we're kind of underplaying them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew Holiday is a baller, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Middleton is, is just <laughs> Chris Middleton. I mean, I, people just forget about him. Uh, he's an all star. He's an all star level talent. He just wasn't this year, but people forget Chris Middleton's there shooting 40, 50, 90 on the season, you know, like doing his thing. I don't know if he's still doing that, but he was at one point. Um, and then, you know, Giannis. Giannis is Giannis. I do think Giannis is a little bit unhealthy, though, in terms of injury status. Quo- uh, don't quote me on that. I might be wrong, but I think he was out for like the past week or two with like ankle stuff
0: or uh he might yeah come back. He, yeah you know he was and then he came back against brooklyn but yeah he's, yeah. he's played the last couple of games but yeah, uh, yeah, i yeah. agree with you yeah he's he's had some you know little uh small injuries here and there that have kept him out but in terms of it's interesting you, so my i i'm rolling with the 76ers coming out of the east and oh. i could be completely wrong on that and and i will and i will come on this podcast and admit that i'm wrong but I think the thing with the Sixers is the reason why I have them winning is because they've been consistent all year. I think, look, Doc Rivers has had his you know share of failures in the playoffs, but he's also had his successes as well. And I think that Joel Embiid, the way he's playing this year, I think that Ben Simmons being a defensive player of the year this year, that's my opinion. I think he's defensive player of the year. And then they have the size, they have the defense, they're number two in defensive efficiency. And I think they have, a matchup that, especially with Tobias Harris and Embiid, they've dominated Brooklyn because they're just so much bigger. And Ben Simmons is obviously offensively, I think, going to be somewhat limited in the postseason because he just doesn't shoot jump shots. But I I, I like them a lot. I mean, I think Milwaukee can beat them um, because I think that Brooklyn is the most talented team in the NBA. Like, I, without a question, Matt, they're, they're ridiculously talented. But it comes down to the fact, are you going to play defense and – are you going to bank on the fact that Kyrie and James Harden are going to shoot efficient field goal percentages, even to Rant to an extent, right? So um, I don't know what you, if you have any thoughts on that, but it's just like, I think Philadelphia is, is, I think that they have a real good shot at coming out of Eastern conference. And in the West, I, I think it's pretty open right now, unless the Lakers and LeBron I'm up, you know, I, I wouldn't you know say I, I'm, you know, going against LeBron because it's, you know, he's, he's proven that, you know, he's, he's, he's the best player in the league, but I don't know. If he doesn't come back healthy, it's just, it's, it's wide open the West for me. So uh, I don't know what you think about all that stuff.
1: No, I'm, I'm 100% second. Everything you just said um, in terms of like the Western conference, LeBron, right. Health is 100% the most important thing. If that man is not 100% or not 100% healthy, but somewhat on the higher end of being healthy, the Lakers are in trouble and you know if their best player is not playing to the extent that he needs to and AD is not able to kind of fill in those that role because I feel like that's what AD is there to do right when LeBron's injured and and kind of you know getting older right literally just getting older in a sense I felt like AD was kind of supposed to fit into that role um, you know obviously AD was injured this year as well and maybe that's kind of stopped him from being who he's supposed to be but at the same time um, in terms of the Western Conference, if those two guys aren't at almost their best, uh, it's very much so open. Just I mean, just running down the teams, you know, the Jazz have three All-Stars on their team. The Suns have two All-Stars and very well-coached and a bunch of good role players. Uh, the Clippers are, I mean, we know about the LA Clippers. We know about the Denver Nuggets. Luka Doncic and Chris Sposforzegas on the Mavericks. You know, uh, Dame and CJ on the Trailblazers. And that's just top six teams. And so, basically, I was just listening that off to kind of give you the point, make the point that the west is just so stacked with talent and it's just so open in terms of like all these guys going head to head if i'm taking one duo from one team and another duo from another team and honestly they're all comparable <laughs> and, and, uh, you know obviously in my eyes lebron and ad is a little bit higher than everyone else but you know dave and cj are in my opinion honestly might be besides russell westbrook and bradley field might be the best backcourt duo in the league right now um i don't think anyone's you know and I don't think that's like a hot take or anything like that. Um, you know, CJ and Dame are insane. Um, you know, Devin Booker and Chris Paul, that duo is also, that tandem is insane. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, they all do their thing. And so basically the point I'm just trying to make is that I think the, the Lakers are going to have a very, very tough road. It's, not, it's definitely not going to be like the bubble. Um, I felt like they kind of just, I don't want to say cruise through it, but, you know, I don't think people are. Going, oh, LeBron had the hardest road to the finals ever, you know? Um, especially with especially with the Clippers losing in the second round like that. Um, you know, it's definitely gonna be tougher. I definitely feel like, especially in terms of the Clippers, they've definitely gotten their, their, their stuff together compared to last year. You know, Paul George isn't taking any of that talk anymore. And Kawhi Leonard is definitely just kind of I haven't heard anything about Kawhi Leonard. I feel like he kind of just sat down and dialed in to, in terms of basketball. And so, you know. Last year, we had the whole, you know, battle of LA, like, oh, who's the king? Kawhi, LeBron, you know, I mean, after, after last year, I think LeBron solidified himself as that in that position, but I definitely feel like Kawhi and Paul George are in the in the running to take that top LA spot from those two. Um, and then kind of just real quick on the Eastern Conference, like, I, I completely forgot about the 76ers, you know, um, if, if we're thinking about the 76ers, I think that they're the kind of the shoe-in to, to get out of the East as well, uh, if we're not choosing Brooklyn, just because of you know, Doc Rivers being the coach, having that championship experience with Boston. Uh, and I feel like, you know, Joel b and Benson, it's kind of dealing what they had to deal with after that Toronto game um, two years ago. And that, and that Kawhi Leonard shot. I feel like, you know, after that, they, you know, they, they've, they've come out and said they don't want to ever experience that ever again. Um, and so I think that they're coming into this playoffs with a better mentality going forward, especially with what happened to Joel B last year in the bubble when Benson was out, you know, just him getting absolutely destroyed in terms of the, like by himself being on the island by himself and so you know i think philly has that chance um and I, I don't think people should be sleeping on the bottom, bottom teams in the east either i mean you know we've definitely been discounting boston for the longest time but in the beginning of the season i felt like they were doing really well and you know obviously as of late you know things have I'm not shown for that in terms of their record and everything like that, because I don't think they should be 35 and 32 with the kind of roster they have and the talent they have. But, but uh, they have they have that experience. They have that they have that playoff experience that a Trae Young on the Atlanta Hawks doesn't have. And so, in terms of that, I do think just Tatum and Jalen Brown and even Kemba being in those situations multiple times in their careers, especially Jason Tatum, you know, being 24, 25 years old, being literally in the playoffs, like almost every single year since you has been the league. I just think that, you know, and because they're all-stars, they'll, they'll be able to kind of get their stuff together um, towards the end of the season. And hopefully they can also make a run in the playoffs. Like I think they should be.
0: Well, Austin, thank you for coming on. I appreciate the uh, conversations as always, and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Hopefully.
1: Yeah. Thank you once again, so much for having me, Mike. Uh, You know, I can't wait for the the NBA playoffs and finals to start. And I'm sorry for taking so much of your time with
0: my rambling, but you know,
1: uh, I I love these conversations and I hope to uh, be on here again. Well,
0: when the NBA playoffs come around, we're definitely going to have you on. So, uh, you know, definitely be prepared for that, but thanks again for coming on. And uh, that's it for Shred takes podcast. I'm with, you know, I got the guest Austin Lee here today, talk some NBA and Hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you. Thank you.